The Choice and Collaboration Paradox, written by Dan Wakelin, narrated by Gail Crew. Connect Global's The Source magazine, July 2022. It seems that recently, barely a day passes when leaders in most organizations are not discussing choice and collaboration. The challenge is that these two concepts, while equally desirable for most businesses, are not obvious bedfellows when it comes to the workplace. Choice. In recent years, huge progress has already been made around choice within the office. In 2018, one academic survey of seven activity-based working environments in the Netherlands highlighted that those people with the freedom to choose where to work in an activity-based workplace had higher levels of satisfaction with the space. In another case study of a Dutch insurance broker, it was highlighted that an activity-based working environment allows individuals to choose a work setting that is aligned to their activity, but importantly, notes that people often selected a setting based on their personal preference, perhaps for comfort or preferred noise levels. For many, that choice has now extended to outside of the office. For many, lockdowns and enforced remote working has demonstrated that choice is possible. People can choose to work in different parts of their home, or they can choose to travel into the office. And here, the notion of meaningful work is again important. Most people are happy to travel to an office provided there is real value in choosing to spend that time traveling. Academic research has repeatedly demonstrated the benefits of choice. Recent research suggests that it reduces the risk of burnout, something that could arguably be the next pandemic, rife as it is within many businesses. It is also a critical antecedent of employee engagement, without which people are less dedicated and put in less effort. Choice provides a sense of ownership over the work people are doing, which helps to make it more meaningful, encouraging people to perform at their best. Research shows that this search for meaningful work is particularly pronounced with the youngest generations. They want to feel that they are contributing positively to something worthwhile. All businesses sit somewhere along the control-choice continuum. The media have, at different times, focused on the extremes of the continuum, such as the recent announcement by Airbnb that its colleagues will be able to work from home anywhere, or the requirement from Apple for employees to spend time in the office. The reality is that huge numbers of businesses sit somewhere in the middle. They have a genuine wish to provide people with choice and, at the same time, see the significant benefits that in-person collaboration can bring to the team. Choice is not being told by your manager to work three days a week from an office and which ones. Neither is that flexibility. Collaboration Collaboration on virtual tools has been a game changer for many of us. It allows us to do our work from anywhere in the world. It has saved significant amounts of business travel and indeed time. It is also limited. Sometimes an in-person conversation is the most effective form of collaboration. It can be much more fluid compared to the rigidity of a one person speaking at a time on a video call. And it gives you extra intelligence as to how people feel. Body language and unspoken clues are hugely important to communication. Many businesses have deliberately designed their activity-based workplaces with collaboration in mind. Architectural interventions have been made with the aim of forcing interactions or collisions such as a centralized coffee points and copy stations and open staircases between floors. The extent to which such interventions actually encourage collaboration that wouldn't otherwise have happened is widely debated. While the spatial interventions might have mixed success, the benefits of collaboration are widely recognized in academic literature. For one, it brings together diverse perspectives, viewpoints, and ideas. 
Matthew Saeed writes extensively about the benefits in terms of innovation and preventing information bubbles, where we are not exposed to dissenting views and diverse insights. The paradox. The benefits of both choice and collaboration are clear. So what's the problem? We're beginning to see the reality of these two concepts playing out. On one hand, people want choice, and businesses are keen to offer that as an incentive to stay. On the other hand, there are, at times, good reason to spend time together in person. What happens when that need clashes with the choice of individuals? Is a midday yoga class good enough justification for not attending the all-team in-person meeting? Is not wishing to travel into the office having moved 200 miles out of the city a good enough reason to miss a new project kickoff? For those managing large teams, how do you balance the personal choices of the whole team? We know from our work with companies across the globe that there are several elements at play, none of which appear to be isolated to any one country or region. There needs to be a critical mass of people in the office for any of the collaborative or cultural benefits to be realized. Spending time together means having plenty of people around. Informal, unplanned collaboration means people being in the office outside of their formal collaboration times. With total choice, how do you ensure that those who are in the office get some sort of benefit from their time there? And we've heard many leaders say that they need their whole team to be in on the same days to collaborate. While spending time with our immediate colleagues seems logical, you'd be hard-pressed, pre-COVID, to find a day or time when the whole team was present, and yet somehow we collaborated. How can we have the whole team present together on specific days and still provide individual choice? And our diaries have become full of video calls. Many people tell us that the return to the office they would need to stop attending some of these calls simply to free up enough time to commute. While video calls have enabled us to work more collaboratively when remote, do people really need to spend day after day on back-to-back -back calls? Just because we can now join every meeting, does that mean we should? Congruent workplace strategy. So how do leaders navigate this challenge? The reality is that there is no universally right answer. There is only right for you and right for the business. And we hope that these things align at least for most of the time. This is value congruence. The challenge for leaders then is to clearly articulate their values. If a workplace strategy is the alignment of the working environment with the activities that take place within it, then a congruent workplace strategy is one that aligned not just to the activities that take place, but is also congruent with the aims and objectives of the business. The most successful workplaces of the future will be those that address congruence not just through task alignment, but by ensuring that their workplaces are the physical manifestation of the culture and objectives of the business. This is more than printing the company values on the wall in a corporate office. It is a wholesale approach to managing workplace, both physical and virtual, that ensure that the individual behaviors of colleagues are supported and that there is consistency between the stated objectives and how those workplaces operate. When individuals find meaningful environment and culture, one that represents a good fit with their own value system, they'll demonstrate positive outcomes and be engaged in the business. The choice then is for individuals to find a workplace that shares their values. Author, Dan Wakelin is an Associate Director at HCG Workplace and Change Management Consultancy.